welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis! Come on now. <laughs> Who here loves a prestige? Raise your hand. Oh, everyone. In case you're not watching the hand. Oh. No, Today we are in studio with the Playtest Squad, the Prestige Playtest Lovers, Mark Bloom, Troy Lara, and Chris Edwards. Welcome. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thanks for having us. We are going to talk about all things prestige, specifically classic prestige and the re-release of the prestige classic 2.0. But before we get into it, I have my question of the day. Okay. QOTD? Yeah. QOTD. I've been doing I've been doing this with my team since we started practices to get to know each other. And they're just fun sometimes. Today's question. You do not need to know the specific model, but what is the first racket you ever remember playing with? Troy, you might be. Yeah, mine's. You go first because you started a little more recent, and that not recent. Like it's still been a while, but we're all older than you. And I'd probably say like the very first racket I ever played with, like even before I even like really got into tennis. That you remember? It was because there's like a ton of them around, like in your grandparents' garage, like from garage sales. But those prints aluminum oversizes with the plastic piece in the throat oh yeah those yeah, were like yeah. super popular for like a while. the green yeah. and silver yeah they're yeah. like a green and a burgundy <laughs> plastic piece and like the leather grips like falling off like i remember hitting balls with that stuff but actual like first racket i think i bought and like went out and tried to play with was like a cheap uh head it was like an oversized kind of had like the the ti shape like that big oval it was a blue racket and i think it was like part of their titanium series or something and then I played with it for like a week and then I put like a pound of lead tape on it. <laughs> you started early. Yeah. Never it, was like a, it was like an eight and a half ounce racket. So oh, okay, know, yeah, it yeah. needed yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> My first racket was a wood racket. I'm dating myself here. Yeah, mine too. Um, it was a Garcia. That's what it said on it. It was a Garcia wood racket. And as far as my first official racket, it was leaning more towards those graphite edges, the Tuarons, that kind of thing. I played with those along with Prince Graphites. But the first racket uh, was wood, and it had the name Garcia on it. That's uh, what I recall That's what for you sure. Remember. Nice, Chris. Uh, mine was a Slazenger. I think it was called the Club Number Three, and it was a size three, so like a size four being an adult racket, and a size three being so it must have been like twenty six inches long or whatever. That was my like first ever racket that was mine that I wasn't just borrowing someone else's um, that I remember having. Um, yeah, wood racket, played with that. And then my first graphite racket, I believe, was I had graphite master. Nice. I'm I'm currently trying to scroll through my pictures because I know I have a picture of myself when I was younger with a racket. And in my head, I always tell everyone I had a blue Wilson Steffi Graf racket. But I'm pretty sure it was a black Donne, but it was 100% strung with rainbow prints and gun. oh yeah, that I know <laughs> that I know for a fact. So, but it's like just, funny those early memories. Like you have your vision of it, but yeah. then what it really was, you know. Well, and then I think the reason why it's kind of oh there it is it, <laughs> with Babylon head tape. Oh my mm. gosh, see it's not that's super cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. So that. that was when I dressed up to be Steffi Graf. I had to give a presentation. What step? Yeah. So that's the same ready position I see you in <laughs> now. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All the nostalgia, but that's just to bring us to the prestiges that we're going to talk about today. Because it's been a super nostalgic playtest, I think, for a lot of us. So I don't even know where to start. Maybe we can start with the Prestige Classic 2.0 and then go into the heritage of the racket. Does anyone want to give us the specs on this bad boy that's launching? I don't know them off the top of my head. I do know that they are almost identical to this Prestige Pro 600, which is below it. Although the rackets do play differently on court. But specs, very, very similar. Troy, do you know? Do you remember the... No, no, this is one I of the. I got them. <laughs> got them. Is it, like, I know they're. Nine I know they're points good. Headline? It's sixty-one, yes. sixty-two yep. RA. I want to say sixty-one, right? yeah. sixty-one, three twenty-eight yeah. swing weight, right around there. Yep, yep. you got so it. Three twenty-eight. Yeah, nineteen point five millimeter beam. Uh, what's the strong weight? Strong weight twelve point three. Boom! Oh, that's perfect. So it's got to be like a three twenty, three twenty-five, roughly unstrung. There you a go. Three maybe. I definitely recall making friends with the nine point headlight balance of it because <laughs> I could feel the mass and, and the balance of it made it a lot easier to, ne to negotiate and play over a period of time. I remember you had another iteration of this frame that for me, it wasn't just the handle shape. It was more difficult to play with. The swing weight was a lot higher. So that one was really dialed in, very refined. So we had a bunch of these. This is right at the bottom here on the table. We've got a blacked out prototype and this is one of several that we got to hit before this racket reached its final spec and this one is this spec but just without cosmetics and so when we hit this the head team hit this i think everyone was in agreement like That's nailed it, it. yeah <laughs> um there were some early ones that had more pop but lacked that prestige feel i think they were great rackets to play with but wasn't really like a prestige experience when you hit it. Great, you know, lots of power, lots of spin, hit a really big penetrating ball with them, but just um, missed that magical prestige feel. And I, I felt like that was something um, the racket really needed. And I think some other people that they had testing it too were the similar opinion. And so then they arrived at this spec. Um, and then I think everyone was like, oh, that's still got that pop and playability. Um but has the Prestige feel. And so compared to the Prestige Pro 600, which I have, which is I think from early 90s, like 92, I want to say 93, maybe that one there. Um, it's got a very similar feel to that, but I hit a bigger ball with the old Prestige Pro. My ball sits up a bit. I find like when I'm playing points, I love the feel, but like everything's coming back. And with the Prestige Classic 2.0, the ball goes through the court better. I still get that Prestige feel whistles when you swing it fast, which is really important from the cap grommets. Um, and then the ball doesn't come back as much, which is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> See a lot of smiles turn to frowns <laughs> yeah. on the other side of the court. Yeah. And, and those uh, previous blacked out prototypes, I remember hitting a couple. Uh, were the stiffness RAs? Do you know if they were higher? They were higher. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The stiffness was higher and that was where the pop was coming from, just hitting a huge ball with it, but it lacked the prestigeness it needed to be a prestige yeah and that was a big thing because i remember talking to jonathan wolf our our racket strain guru um about the, the stiffness being very important on this because i know when head released the blue racket the um uh, what was that the two point pro tour mm -hmm. 2.0 pro, yeah. um initial like i think a couple samples we got initial stiffness rating was like in the mid 60s or whatever and 
I'm going to call you guys out. Some of you guys on YouTube and message <laughs> boards. Oh my God, yeah. it's too stiff. That's not a prestige. Da, da, da. You know, it's like, it needs to be at 60 and like lower. And I was like, once they dialed it in with like a low 60, 61 stiffness, is that what we have for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one? Yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's like legit. 61. It's, it's soft enough, but it still feels to me. Uh, that's the beauty of this, this update, this 2.0 is it's soft. It's, it's smooth. It's got that silkiness, but it has that backbone that i like to say that like the ball you know has that energy return that pop it doesn't feel too noodly or too wobbly off center it's just like yeah this is solid you know that that's pretty sweet hitting the two side by side you know i hit the prestige pro and then i hit the prestige classic 2.0 and my serve is feels like it looks like five miles an hour quick i haven't put it on a radar gun but i'm you know, like getting definitely more heat, the forehand's bigger, backhand down the line, just crisper, bigger shot. So, yeah, it's a really, really nice update to the Prestige line, I I think, for the mid, you know, that classic mid player. Yeah, we had a lot of fun filming this review, I think, because everyone felt like the nostalgia. And it's not, you know, like we see a lot of updates and this is something special that kind of stands out through the year where you're like, oh, yeah, that was something different than what we've been hitting Um, you guys all probably have a history with this racket. I never really played with the prestiges until graphene started getting introduced to them. So how did you ever play with it when you were growing up, Mark, or I was more on larger head size rackets. Um, basically my racket choice was all relative to my dad's racket choices. So I was getting all the hand-me-downs, uh, most of them with a half or a five eighths grip, (laughs) which probably wasn't ideal for a kid. Uh, but I would just get all my dad's uh, graphite edges, prestiges, Yamaha, secret eight, secret sevens, et cetera. So whatever he played with, I ended up playing with, uh, there were a few prestiges, um, but I was more using rackets with bigger heads mainly uh, around that time. And it wasn't until maybe the intelligence versions and definitely the microgel. I played a lot with the microgel series and uh, this one here with the translucent bumper. I think this is the IG version. I thought these were just top notch. And that's what really got me delving in uh, to the my enjoyment of the prestige racket. And I got to call it out. The cap grommet, not only does it protect, I think it adds to the prestigeness of the racket, kind of mutes it, almost feels like there's a dampener. I know not everyone in here loves dampeners, but... <laughs> But it does seem to kind of mute a little bit of the the vibration. Uh, so I, I really think it's a very simple thing that adds a lot to the racket. And as much as this racket stayed the same, and some people think, well, it's not very imaginative um, with how racket uh, design and construction has changed. I feel like at this point, it's almost out of the box. You're thinking outside the box with this racket because it's just not like every other racket out there these days. To add to what you just said, if you don't think uh, Cap Grummets changed the feel of a racket, go talk to Andy Murray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's addicted to Cap Grummets. Yeah, so, yeah. Just they do have that. They give the racket that unique feel. Yeah. Doesn't hurt the swing weight number either. <laughs> and going back to this one, the IG, didn't you? Wasn't that oh the MP version of the Pro your racket of choice yes, for a little bit? For a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but really oh, right. love them. Way back, we were playing tournaments at the local Royal Grande once. That's right. You were using the MP because <laughs> nice. it was like almost 12 ounces, but I remember the MP version had like a really easy swing weight. Yep, sub 320, yeah. something you could modify a little bit and enjoy it that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you turned me on to these rackets as well. I remember you were going Dunlop 200, which has kind of got a little bit of prestigeness to it. And Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, that was my uh, poor man's prestige. When I, first, <laughs> when, I, when I first started working here, that's yeah. what I bought. I yeah. Well... 
there was a couple things going on, but yeah, I was I was using like between the Dunlop 200G, the hot melt or whatever mm-hmm. it was, the black and yellow, James Blake. I was really. just yeah. say, and then, and then he went to the <laughs> M-Fill, the blue with the silver, and that was when the year he lost to Agassi in the quarters of the U.S. Open, that late night match. But those were like almost identical specs, 95, a little bit bigger mm-hmm. head size, but like super thin beam, flexible. So going to like a prestige mid or an MP, it was always just like really easy transition, just like superb control, very soft. Um, yeah, I remember, I think some of the first ones I hit um, were going back to like right when I came out of high school playing like junior college. There were some local guys, even like our racket expert, Jose, he used to play, I think, liquid metal prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah mid. Yeah. And he let me hit those. And then I think my favorite of the old schools was Microgel. And the pro version, the 90, 98, 95, whatever you want to call it, with the open pattern. Mm. Um, that was like super plush. And then you had the easy spin, low powered, but great feel. Um, and I think that's one thing. I mean, maybe we can talk about that uh, in a bit. But um, one thing that I would love to try with with these classic updates is a, a more open pattern. I think that'd be really sweet, like a 1619 or something. We had a pro tour. Microgel cosmetic of TK, but I can't remember the serial number on it, but it was the mid with an open pattern. And Spinny the Blade, Spencer Bala <laughs> fell in love with that racket. Yeah, it was in his office it. for yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It probably still is. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Do you have a history with playing with the Prestige? Yeah, off and on. Um, it's uh, a racket I, I would use and then something else would come along for whatever reason and I would hit with that for a bit, And then, but I would always go back to the Prestige. So... Starting in the early 90s um, was when I first started hitting them and then had uh, Donny Pro 1 Mid Internationals, Donny Pro 1 International Mid maybe, uh, for a little bit took me away, but then I ran out of those and I still had Prestiges lying around, so I went back <laughs> to the Prestige. Um, I used it in college a little bit. Um, also then I used Donny Pro 1 Oversizes because I got misshipped. I had some rackets and I just switched to an oversize and strung it like, 10 pounds tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then starting at T-Dub in 03, uh, I was using a Prestige Classic back then, or Prestige Pro 600 right there. Damn. This one. Nice. That just jumped to 2023. And we're <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there was a bunch of going back and forth. I used uh, ProStuff 85. I used the ProStuff 6095 95, say, yeah. Um, but they, again, I, you know, the Prestige would go between, was always kind of when I was in between rackets, I would just, I always had prestigious, so I would always just go back and hit those. Nice. It was your good fallback. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I also, I was going to say, going back to like 03 or when you started and you were using it, before you kind of got in T-Dub and the whole world of product, what was your string? Was it just like a multi or a sin gut? Or? Uh, I was using Did you already have poly? Prince 15-gauge nylon. In the 1820? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Just because w- I was breaking strings a lot back then. Uh-huh. I was swinging a lot yeah, harder. Because when did polys? Yeah, I didn't use the first time I used the poly was uh, working here, so it was in two thousand and three, Kirschbaum, yeah, uh, competition I think or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. there was some uh, really early polys going back to like in the eighties. I want to say like Poly Poly Star Mm -hmm. was around, but it wasn't like a thing. It was like very primitive, and then. In the nineties, right? Like we just grew up with the pro or Kevlar, the pro blend. Just saying. Yeah, I used some Pro Blend back in the day yeah. too. And then I remember breaking the cross and just cutting it yep. out and sticking crosses in again. And leaving the Kevlar main. That. When I was stringing my own racket, you know, I was on a budget. Yeah. 
Also, when we were playtesting these, it was really fun to kind of dive deeper into remembering who's used them on the pro tour and how that influenced us. Because for me, I was very nostalgic. A lot of players that I loved watching growing up played with the prestige one way or another. Um, Saffin, Philippusa. <laughs> Who was your who was your favorite prestige player, Michelle? I don't know. I can't. Don't oh. make me pick. I mean, Goran. Everyone, you know, like I, I was like really that. rooting for Goran when he won his Wimbledon. Especially, I mean, every year he gets to the final, but like, okay, maybe it's this year. <laughs> um, so it's great to see him, you know, get his Wimbledon title with the prestige. Yeah, but who are some other players that come to your guys' mind that you remember? Like, Duga. yeah, oh yeah, um, um, oh. Austrian player, um, Musta Thomas Musta Thomas used it Muster. for a bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he was. He bounced around. I think he used the Pro Tour as well as Guga. And then Haas, I think, used the Pro Tour. Yeah. I saw a picture of that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he went to Knizel. Knizel, as we like to say in the house. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Henri Lacant used it. Um, uh, Emilio Sanchez, Arancha Sanchez Vicario's brother. He used it. Beautiful slice backhand. Yeah, there's some great... Prestige, the prestige players always seem to be the flashy mm -hmm. kind of like amazing shots player. You know, when they were on, they were just lights out. And then when they were a little bit cold, they were beatable. There might be a few broken <laughs> yeah. prestiges somewhere. I was just going to name a few um, that had stints with the prestige that don't get talked about. Yeah. And maybe more modern players. Yeah. Perfect example, Monfils. He used the prestige for a bit when he was with either. Head. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he used it in... Uh, Stan did before he went to Yonex. Shot maker. Yeah. yeah. Even even uh, Dominic team before he went to Babylon. He was a prestige player. That's crazy. So yeah, definitely seems to be a racket that favors those players that I like to have hot streaks. Right. <laughs> and then conversely, gold streaks too. And then there's another player, a French guy. And I, I'm pretty, I can't guarantee this, but I'm pretty sure I remember him using a prestige was Sebastian Grosjean. Mm. Backwards hat, mm -hmm, yeah. jumping two-handed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm pretty sure he, I want to say he used a prestige for uh, for part of his career. Maybe it went to radical for, at some point, but he was fun to watch, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there, are, if you guys Google prestiges and pros, a lot of talk tennis threads do come up, which have been fun for us to read. I think we were, there's a whole list of pros that have used the prestige at one point. We were trying to debunk a few of them. Yeah, right. Because they had like Sharapova in there. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe she was in a clinic or I mean, she was a kid. <laughs> she was hitting with one. But. Yeah, that one was a little. Well, which I brought up was I don't remember a lot of women playing with prestiges. But now seeing these rackets in front of me, I'm quickly reminded that one of my best friends on my team played with this racket. The eye prestige. Yeah. And she, a lot, I, I feel like it was definitely uh, more popular with women from Europe. And she would just bash balls. She was from Slovenia. Shout out to Tiasha. <laughs> she used that racket. That was her tried and true weapon of choice. I wanted another girl, sorry to cut you off. No, a girl no. player, Sloan, was a prestige user oh, early on crazy. in her head, her See? head career. She like, gradually went to a more powerful racket she was like prestige and then she went to like a bigger head size then she was radical for a while yeah now she's speed yeah but i think she's gone through like the whole lineage of <laughs> uh alexandra stevenson used oh, the prestige wow. mid oh. i believe as well yeah wait now i gotta pull that thread up yeah. and see who else is what tennis channel? frame did mary pierce use oh for yeah a while? did you mean she, uh, she was using that. a post off 85 when okay. Okay. i used to be roommates with her brother back in the day Boletaries. 
That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Do we have any other fun pros that we can mention um, that kind of give you prestige vibes? I'm trying to find that thread. Did Burditch use a painted oh. prestige or was that actually? An, I know his, right. I, I want to say like, if you're, you know, he was like the instinct paint job, but um, maybe, maybe at one point I think uh, it, one of his pro stocks was based off of like a radical pro. Okay. For a while. And then the same with uh, Schwartzman. Is that just an extended radical or is that maybe a prestige? Yeah. So it's like a an older version of a radical. There, If you guys, I'll link this thread because it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it was written in 2009. And this person, shout out to Tennis Man on Talk Tennis, wrote like the whole history of the head prestige racket. And wow, <laughs> it's kind of got a whole backstory on head, which you can also check out our brandography and learn a lot of this stuff too. Um, but it's just, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, maybe Chris, you can give us a little bit more insight from your trip to Austria and how they make the rackets there and everything and how that relates to the, the classic relaunch. Yeah. So the prototypes, um, we were hitting were made in Austria and a lot of the prototypes are coming out of the Kennelbach factory still. So they still, when they're testing rackets, um, and just learning, you know, how they want to tweak them obviously doing that there in-house because it's easier for them to to do that than to work with the factories in China and have that delay <clears throat> of getting stuff shipped back and forth. Um, so then when the production one comes in, it's always, you know, you I'm always kind of like, please let it play the same because <laughs> you never know. Um, with other brands too, we've experienced when they've changed factories that, um, you know, we've had to re go back and respec rackets and stuff because we've learned that they've changed factories and the rackets have changed slightly. Um, so yeah, when you change factories in China or just change factories between Austria and China, obviously there's always the chance of things changing. Um, and, the, and it did. So the cosmetic one, um, designed in Austria, um, the, yeah, the one that's, that's coming to market, uh, does, it plays the same, just like the blacked out prototype. So Good times. <laughs> that was one of my uh, interests. I'm not very uh, well aware of a lot of my friends that love the prestige will revere the ones that don't say designed in Austria, but mm -hmm. made in Austria. And then there were other iterations that came from a Czech factory as well. Mm -hmm. Those seem to be pretty sought after. What's, I mean, is that kind of what you're talking about? The difference if you change factories, it changes the layup. Of the yeah. So we've, we've requested many times since I've been here at T-Dub for, um, had to bring back, you know, versions of the prestige mid. Um, and so this, you know, we've had prestige classic come back and there was some, they were, the frames were made. So all the molding and everything was done in Kennelbach. And then the paint and grommets and stuff were applied in the Czech Republic. So they were really made in Austria, finished in the Czech Republic, which is, I think is what we put in our product description, but they say made in the Czech Republic on them because that's where they, Right. We're, finish we're finished. Yeah. That's right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those were pretty sought after back in the day. And then we've had other ones that have been made in China, but you know, I think the playability is still Same. spot on. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, I wanted to bring up the new prestiges, the more modern prestiges that are launching with this racket and maybe talk through those and we can kind of talk about who this classic relaunch racket is for, even though I think it goes without saying anyone that's ever played with the Prestige probably wants to get their hands on it. Um, but we also play tested the Prestige Pro and the Prestige Tour, and there's also a Prestige MPL. So where should we start? Let's go with the Prestige Pro. 
which is the tighter, denser pattern. And thinnest beam. And the thinnest beam. Yeah. And how'd you like it? I love that racket. Yeah, yeah. I think feel-wise, even though it's a it's a true 98, quite a bit bigger and more forgiving head than this mid, um, I think the beam thickness, the feel, um, I think the uh, the new spec on it compared to the previous one, the RA is like maybe a 59. I don't know. Do you, do you recall, Booney? Right, 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 right around 60, yeah. Like soft, but it, it still feels uh, solid and stable. Swing weight's good. I think it's just shy of 330. So kind of almost almost in line with the spec of the Percept 97D. The stiffness is at 58 right now based yeah. on our current samples. But I really I really like that, right? I think the feel is is great. I think it has that classic prestige feel. Yeah, that thin yeah. beam. That was my favorite too of um, all the ones I've hit. And I've hit some that are only coming out in Europe at the moment. Um, stay tuned. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I could get more shape on the ball with that racket. I could really roll some nice angles with it. Um, in my down the line shots, I could give the ball a bit more clearance over the net and still get it dropping in with the pro that I wasn't getting with the tool. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was cause the, the beams thinner or the headlight balance or whatever, I'm whipping it through quicker cause the swing weights a little bit lower, but yeah, I really like that racket and the feel is, is nice. I really yeah. think that smooth buttery is what you're looking for from a prestige so yeah boonie how about you i'm still trying to learn which frames which can switch <laughs> the names still they on that change page the names. so yeah the, the 1820 the 1820 <laughs> the super flexi but the, the new pro um as troy mentioned it's got a little bit more surface area for me that was my favorite prestige and i even like the mpl i thought that had a lot of prestigeness to it as well um, but a little extra surface area made it easier for me to skid the ball across and i kind of have the same um feeling or thought process towards the pro as i do the classic 2.0 um, everyone sees my loopy uh swing path particularly on my forehand i have a hard time grasping the ball or getting it to hold there on a tight pattern if i pair it with an edgy string i know you were mentioning you'd like to see that frame or maybe the smaller one with an open pattern i feel like as soon as i go to the edgy thin string i get that best of both worlds better launch angle, easier grip on the ball, but I could still keep the backhand slice, maybe not Chris Edwards low and dirty, but <laughs> still keep it pretty effective. So uh, yeah, I, I just thought those were outstanding frames and that little extra bit of surface area made that racket a lot more playable than the old one that actually was a 95 with the 18 main. It's just a more playable frame for me. Yeah, going back to the, when the last true 95, 1820 was... Before the all red one, before the 360 plus. Touch. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That racket was kind of pretty dead, low powered. But uh, that's the one thing I, I like it, with the Pro is it, it's a low powered frame, but um, I felt like it's pretty forgiving, whereas we can get into the tour now. And I know you have a lot of history with that. Um, that one packs a bigger punch, especially in the sweet spot, but it's more hot and cold to me. Like, outside the sweet spot in the tour it it's a little more of a drop off mm -hmm. um so it's a little more hot and cold i guess is what i thought of that one yeah i would agree with you and i'll advocate for the tour with the open string pattern the thickest beam out of the three <laughs> and or four if we include the and classic. it's uh, true 95 and true 95 16 by 19 um I like that one, but I agree this model to me felt a little more string sensitive than previous ones. So I know we had it with some string that I've really been enjoying and I don't know what tension it was actually at, but it felt too tight for me. And for me to say that is 
Was it one of the hawk strings that was on there? No, I think it was a different one that I, we've been testing. And um, I, but I liked the hawk string. So in a lower tension, it like gave it a little bit more pocket, opened up the sweet spot a little bit because I was finding that it, the sweet spot was a bit hot and cold for me. Um, but I just like that. I mean, like it feels a little stiffer. It's still an RA of 62. So it's not like going to hurt your arm or anything. We're not talking about anything crazy. You still have that control. You feel connected to the ball and the swing weight's right there at 332, which I think is why I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Like most of the playtests, I'm like, oh, it's it's got that plow through power. You know, that I really liked on serve. I loved it at net. So it was a great serve and volley racket. Just didn't feel as connected um, from the baseline as I did with the pro. And then the day we filmed the video, yeah. I played lights out with it. We had a really fun hit. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I was like, man, maybe I need to hit this one a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, fun racket, lots of feel, lots of control. And it does have a little bit more juice. It, once you get the swing weight moving out of that one. So on the serve, it was my favorite to serve with, I think out of, out of the two, but everything else, I just day in, day out seemed to play better with the pro. Yeah, I think in a dream world, the pro with the slightly more open pattern would mm-hmm. be like. <laughs> I know. Like, it's almost like each racket kind of offers something a little bit different that you almost wish you could say, like, that head size, that string pattern, that beam width, and that RA, and like build your own. But we're not professionals. <laughs> I mean, we are professionals, but we're not that kind of professional. Yeah, yeah. We don't get our own mold. <laughs> Um, Unless you're like Chris and you go make your own You know, I've always thought it'd be cool to have a job where I could try and influence companies to bring back classic rackets. And oh, I'm like, man. wait a minute. Speaking <laughs> of <laughs> um, breaking news, Chris, did you make a racket switch? <laughs> I did. Yeah. So um, out of the Speed Pro, I'm switching to the Prestige Classic 2.0. You heard yeah. it here a second, probably <laughs> because our review already came out and he mount- announced that. <laughs> yeah, so I've uh, uh, been playing really, really well with the racket. And then I had a day when I was not playing well at all. And um, I was just struggling. And so I was using the Prestige Classic 2.0. And I'm like, man, is this too much racket for me? And so then I went back to the Speed Pro, played even worse, went back <laughs> to the Prestige Classic 2.0. Still wasn't playing great, but I was playing better. And I was more competitive and I'm like, well, that kind of, if it's better racket for me on my bad days, um, and I already know it's a better racket on my good days, uh, that kind of sealed the deal. Yeah, I would say your backhand will thank you for the change. (laughs) Been on the receiving end for lots of down the line, cross courts. uh, You've been able to kind of unleash that backhand pretty nicely. Thanks. Yeah, there's something magical about a mid on a one-handed backhand, the way it just cuts through the air. And I can go way heavier on my one-handed backhand with a racket when it's a mid, just because I can still whip it around. Whereas other rackets, like, you know, the um, percept I struggle with on the backhand, I just feel like I can only go down the line or to the middle and can't really roll an angle with it. But with this Prestige Classic 2.0, it's it's there. So it's been a fun one. Now, of course, the next question that follows is, what are you going to try and get head to release next? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I already know, like, you would probably, and I'm pointing to Troy, would probably go straight up for, like, an old school radical or something. I feel like, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. What, yeah, some old school What would you bring from the vault? I mean, uh, I don't know. I, should, I, I don't know if I should get into that topic, but, oh. <laughs> you know, the old, the, one of the ones on the message boards that's like, everybody wants is that old twin tube radical 
Yeah, the, with the zebra kind of paint scheme on it. Because supposedly somebody on the Pro Tour that's pretty, pretty freaking good uses something <laughs> like that, you know, in real life with custom drill pattern and lots of lead tape. But um, that would be cool. Another one I was going to bring up earlier when you start talking about eye prestige is I never – I've seen them. I think I've actually held one, but I don't think I've ever been on court with one. But they used to have XL versions of prestige, right? Like mm-hmm. the MP. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be fun, like the 95, 18, 20 with, yeah. the, with the 27 and a half inch. We oh. had some uh, in our, on our vintage page. They're probably Bosworth rackets. Um, we had some Nicholas Kiefer – extended uh prestige like the classic um not the not not prestige pro but the like the star trek font ones yeah you could get the prestige uh xl um you could do that in the i prestige and then also um i want to say one of the utex i think and the flex points too. There was flex a point, yeah, there, I was remember a, a, there was a plus length version. Flex of it. point XL, I mm-hmm. think that was on the market. Might have been the mid plus that came out then yeah. a long time ago. Those would be fun to get on court with. Mm-hmm. Try something like that. Yeah, you youngsters and those heavy extended rackets. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I grew up on. That's my prestige. <laughs> what about you, Mark? What did you what would you bring back from a vault? The vault. It could be head. We could just open it up to any racket Ooh, that's a good question um you know if there was a little lighter version if they came out with a prestige it was maybe 310 315 grams a little extension on it then i would probably gravitate towards that prestige quite a bit i really like what they did with the pro the 98 and the 18 main really works well i don't know how i could much change it to make me like it any better um, so I think, you know, more or less they nailed those frames, but yeah, a little lighter frame and then a little more length based power. I would enjoy trying that for sure. Nice. And what about string setups? It's no secret that we all really love Lynx Tour, but we hit this with a bunch of different strings. I know there was Hawk in there at one point. Um, would you hybrid it? What would you guys do? Uh, full better poly for me. <laughs> and then, you know, I know a lot of players like to go with a thinner gauge when they go mid or 18 mains. Um, I still like it with 16 <laughs> or I'd put 15 L in there. I like the string bed, you know, pretty nice. dead, but I string it low. So it's, I like that dead a response, but I also like some pocketing and that's tough to get. But if you go with a thicker gauge and you drop the tension down to like 48, you get there. So that that's where I'm at. Do you think something to do with that thicker string in the tight pattern um, has to do with like the solid feel in the weight of the string? I know it's a very minimal difference, maybe even just like between like a 15L or a 16 and like an 18, maybe like a couple swing weight points difference, but it does, you can feel the the mass of the string on the string bed a little bit. Yeah. I th- you know, and then the dense string bed is a firmer response and I like that, you know, and then, so obviously I'm playing stiffer data polys too, which are firm. So even... When I'm not playing 18 mains, I'm trying to replicate that feel by putting something really stiff and dead in there and a thicker string. Um, so yeah, I really like that feeling of the firm string bed with a flexible frame. That's kind of where it's at for yeah. me. Yeah. All right, what about you? Um, I, I like the shape strings. Um, my favorite is of the head strings is the Lynx Tour. Um, I think we have 18 gauge now yeah. option for mm-hmm. Lynx Tour. So yeah, I I tried, we tried the 17 a lot, the one, two, five, but I think uh, I want to try the 18 gauge in there yeah. and then like other strings like Hyper G or Cyclone. 
I know one of the mids we put Cyclone 19 in, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. That was fun because <laughs> it, you know, I'd like to try it with a 1619, so it gave it a little more openness, a little more edginess. Yeah, <laughs> Bernie likes the edgy, edgy grippy. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> but I also uh, it'd be cool to try. I, I don't know spin potential wise, but I also do like trying out. It's like some of our racket experts trying out the gut and the mains. Uh, so that'd right? be kind of cool to try like, you know, a 17 gauge VS in the mains with like a, a thin, mm-hmm. smooth, round poly in the crosses. Yeah. What were the pros stringing with back in the 90s? It would have been gut. Gut. Mm-hmm. Full bed? Full bed of gut oh, and just man. a tension crank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> numbers that you like. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And, like, and higher. Soft. Yeah. I mean, there must be, I mean, it wasn't uncommon, you know, to be in the, mid to upper 60s you know like 67 68 full better gut i'm not sure what pete was at but he was pretty tight with um with the natural gut and some string savers crazy i love the story about strings popping in his hotel room while you know they were strung so high and he never hit a ball with them oh he just gosh. liked them that high that was, i mean bulk with wooden rackets right. and he was stringing them <clears> super <throat> tight and they would just sell us pretty high as well yeah what else is did we cover it all is that it what else uh, I like the handle shape a oh, lot. Yeah. You know, I grew up playing head rackets, obviously. And so the handle shape felt really um, just at home for me. And I think that's why I've always liked, you know, technofiber rackets. Um, they're a little bit more um, rectangular than than square. And then also, um, you know, I played vocal rackets back in the day too. And I think, you know, you feel it through the hand. And so the handle shape's important to me. And I, I do like the, the handle shape on this Prestige Classic. Yeah, it's got that classic head where mm-hmm. it's like flatter this way, a yep. little bit wider this way. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels more like a rectangle in your hand. Yeah. feels amazing on the Continental. Mm-hmm. And like when you really flatten out and pronate on the serve, mm-hmm. feels great. But some people, the modern player that kind of goes more that Western, it some players don't like it because it, it maybe kind of makes you feel like you have a little bit of gap between the the flat part in your palm so it definitely has its ups and downs well and it's worth calling out that obviously it comes standard with the leather grip but even the butt cap has the retro mm-hmm. play so very i was going to mention not every racket do i feel has to come with a leather grip but i feel the prestige is just literally made for having a leather grip it really just dials it in not much else you could do to those rackets Dang. Well, I think we covered it. We've been, if you haven't watched our review, also check out our review. We had a really fun time filming that one. Again, it's not every day that we get to play with something so uniquely different from the other stuff on the market. So, And we went outside. And we were outside. Yeah, we got some sunshine just to prove we're not vampires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was a beautiful windless day. That was a really nice play test day. Do you say windless or windless? <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me. <laughs> I'll take you can take it any way you want. Instantly go back to the point. <laughs> Freudian slip of the tongue. <laughs> no, it was super fun. It was one of those days where I was like, we could play tennis for eight hours and it would be so fun. So, oh, there was yeah. one thing I wanted yeah. to mention. Um, the turnkeyness and easiest entry into the Prestige Club was the MPL for me. Um, I've kind of ripped on the Prestige PWR. You said that. <laughs> Um, not very prestige-like, but the MPL, I was really surprised. Uh, that is one of the better 300-gram frames I've played with. It has a lot of prestigeness to it. And again, 300 grams, that's the easiest entry into a, like a real prestige racket. 
um, that I can think of. And obviously it's probably uh, like Troy would do add leather grip, you know, you could doctor it up. So it's a great platform for a prestige. That's cool. I haven't hit with it much, but I like how that is actually a thinner beam than the tour. So that right there has the heritage. Well, it was I really nice yeah. when I got handed, they said, here, do you want to hit the, with the MPL? And I was like, oh, does the L stand for laugh or life? Or what? <laughs> uh, as soon as I started hitting it, I couldn't say anything, but I really liked it. It was, I didn't switch to another rack at the whole session. It was dialed in very nice frame. Yeah. And stock form i like it with a multi or at least a hybrid just because it is a lighter weight racket and it's fun you can whip it around and and have fun with it and then like you said it's a perfect opportunity to you know customize it and then get the prestige that you want just by playing around with the weight and balance throwing leather on it etc so yeah that's a fun one yeah i'm just gonna run through the specs for anyone listening because it is pretty unique it's 99 square inches 11.2 ounces strong six points headlight swing weights at 309 stiffness is at 61 21.5 beam yeah so pretty thin 16 19 mm -hmm. yeah so Dude, it is could, a good platform you, you can oh. have some fun with that uh, oh like <laughs> wheels are spinning <laughs> If you can't find the MPL, you know who to go ask first. Just don't expect it to play like an MPL when he's done. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So all are amazing rackets. We highly recommend demoing or even pull the trigger. You deserve a prestige in your life, especially the classic 2.0. It's a pretty awesome frame. Right. Yeah, I think even if, you know, you're not going to make it your primary racket, it's a nice one to have in the bag and you just pull it out and take that trip down memory lane, warm up with it or whatever, and then switch to whatever you're more comfortable using. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm happy with it. I'm going to be using it, but definitely around. Even if I hadn't made the switch, it's definitely one I would keep around and right. have J-Dub string up for me every once in a while with something to test. Even if it's in the man cave and you just go in the garage and <laughs> do some shadow swings on the weekend, you know? Well, it is funny. I Not to say that we're getting older, but <laughs> we are. Um, and a big thing for me is trying to have more fun on the tennis court. And I've noticed uh, someone in the building found one of the rackets that I used in college recently, and I've been hitting that one a lot more. So maybe this whole nostalgic thing just kind of leads us back to like, this is this is supposed to be fun and it's cool to play with whatever you want to play with. I guess uh, I, can, I can mention one last thing. We talk about form and function, performance of these rackets. Uh, aesthetically, I got to say, they're some of the prettier rackets. I, I don't know what I would do to make them any more appealing to the eye. They're just gorgeous. Yeah, that paint's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, I think that, that covers it all. We've done the thing. Awesome. Uh, go check it out at townswarehouse.com and happy hitting. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting.